to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on the uh, Best Coast Boys podcast. You can also check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. It's, uh, well, my, my wife has taken my daughter to go do a follow-up. She broke her arm. Unfortunately, a lot oh. about two months ago, and she's got the cast off yeah. for a little while now. But they have that follow up, you know, check out where they just give her an X ray. Yep. So right now, uh, the reason I bring it up is because right now is the first time I think in uh, I don't know three months that I've been alone. <laughs> that there's that there's no one else in Weird, the apartment. It? It's amazing. It's like it's like I don't have to worry about uh, uh being too too loud or or about a five year old bursting in while we're recording. So uh, it's it's. It's it's noteworthy, I guess, is what I would bring up. <laughs> so we might get a unhinged landing today on the podcast. I've had an so extra. I've had an extra cup of coffee. I have been locked into a room, and I am ready to go, guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, all right. So coming up on today's show, we're going to review some of the draft classes in the NFC East, along with some of our favorite picks. Uh, we spent the week talking about the Cowboys' great class. Uh, it's time to to look inside the division to see what our rivals are doing. Um, and let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles, Landon. Um, I know that I've spent, oh, I don't know, way too many hours this week watching reaction videos on YouTube of when the Cowboys drafted CeeDee Lamb and to see what the Eagle fans were thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it, it's even better than a cup of coffee. Man, that just, it just gives you energy in life when you see the Eagles fans complaining and pouting when Dallas drafts CeeDee Lamb. Uh, but I got to admit, I liked what they did for most of the draft. Uh, they took Jalen Rager uh, at pick number 21 over the likes of Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk. And then obviously Jalen Hurts in round two. A bunch of receivers later on in the draft, John Hightower, Quez Watkins. They're trying to get faster. What did you think of the Eagles draft? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I thought that, you know, I thought honestly, and just to kind of speak from the 10,000-foot view of the division, yeah. I thought uh, all four teams drafted pretty well, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I yeah, mean, not, I not I think I think the Cowboys are still ahead and shoulders above the rest of these classes, but um, I, I think that, you know, no one, no one in the division, I feel like, had a bad draft, you know? Right, um, right. I, I thought with the Eagles, uh, I, I mean, I like Rager. I, I like Rager in this range. I don't know that I, I don't know that I like Rager as a fit better than Justin Jefferson there, um, especially like if you feel like you could get John Hightower a little bit later, then I feel like you could you know kind of meet that role in, sure. in, with sure. Hightower and, and maybe have a different kind of player. My whole thing with this is that it feels like they only have two types of receivers on their team. Right, like, and and they are very they've specialized. The big, type. They've got the there's big, big body t- type, ones, right? And then there's yep. the speed player. Um, right. So I, you know, I mean, I guess if if that's what they're looking for, that that was fine. Uh, the Jalen Hurts pick, you know, I I understand. Like, I feel like the all of podcasting world and all of draft world has been trying to uh, be busy explaining to us why this pick was good. Like, you know, like no, actually, yeah. it's it's yeah. good. You know, and, and and it's like here's the thing about it. It's like. We live in a world now where when someone says something is is bad, 
Like no one tries to argue that it's just tries to argue that it's not bad. They try to argue that it's good. You know, and right. that's what this right. is, is that like it's like okay, I I can understand if you if the default, you know, argument is that this is a bad pick, I can understand the pushback in this and to say, "Hey, no, this is an actually okay pick." But people are sure. trying to sell this sure. to me now as this was a great pick. And I and I just I don't buy that. Because well, I guess it depends on who's trying to sell it to you, right? Because the analytic community is starting to show that it's a good. I mean, they're they're trying to tell us it's a good pick because of the value of quarterbacks. And to that point, I understand a little bit. But at the same time, I mean, if you give your quarterback a four year, one hundred twenty eight million dollar extension, the last thing you want to do is spend a second well, round pick. It's exactly the. This yeah. is the best example of of why of of the problem with analytics. And and really, it's not analytics. It's the people that are analytic analysts right is that sure they only look at things from a very homogenized view they take generic team and generic player and generic situation and this is how this would be they there's no specifics about this the specific problem is that they took jalen hurts <laughs> with in the second round who i don't think is going to develop very much, a lot more than he is at right now there's talk about trying to put him in some kind of uh, uh, you know, version of what they do with, with the Saints uh, and, and Taysom with Taysom Hill. Hill. Yeah. I mean, he's not that athlete. Like, no, so, he's, so not. he's a good athlete, he's but a, he's not but, that type. Yeah, of it, that, yeah, that'd be like, you know, when if if Romo had never gotten hurt and then they decided to put Dak in for for packages, like that doesn't Dak's running ability is good, but it's not enough to be the reason that he's on the field. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and the same thing with right. Jalen Hurts, and 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 beyond all that too. Like, you know, all the talk about oh, well, you could trade him, or if, or if Wentz gets hurt, blah blah blah. Guys, that's all well and good, but did nobody pay attention to what would happened at the end of the year in Philadelphia? Like all the all the the the, the, the locker room turmoil, all the whispers about how Carson Wentz wasn't the guy, which mm-hmm. ended up coming from the wide receiver room. And, and now you've drafted a guy like uh, it's either one or the other. Either you've drafted a guy who isn't good enough to take uh, uh, Carson Wentz's spot. And if that's the case, then why'd you spend a second round pick on him? Or you drafted a guy who is going to create a quarterback competition and thereby cause problems. They're already at, like the last three press conferences have been only focused on on Carson Wentz. I just saw them having to come out and say that they're married to Carson Wentz. It's like, yeah. do you think that this is going to yep. stop? Like that, this is not going to stop. Like this is this is the story for your whole season. You know what I'm saying? And and like if you don't think it just feels like you're inviting problems. It's, to it's happen, yes, right? you, you had a problem, yeah. and now you've you've poured more problem on your problem, and 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 so mm. and, and you've poured gasoline on it, and, and and now you're trying to tell me that it's a good that this fire is good. I needed this fire, this this random yeah. fire that's in my office, and so it's like I, I just think that it's it's so ridiculous that we're being sold a bill of goods like i can understand why they made the pick it's it might be an okay pick but for people to turn around and tell me that this is some kind of great pick like guys like you're drinking your own kool-aid way too much like the, 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 yeah. look at the situ- the actual situation in philly and tell me that this isn't going to be a problem in the locker room in the stadium and in philly sports talk radio for the rest of the season it feels like the couple that's fighting that decides to get a dog because I feel like that'll that'll help save the yeah, relationship, yeah. right? And all all it is is inviting more problems. Let's have a baby. Let's have so, a baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah. Um, one last thing on Hertz. 
Uh, a really good athlete for the cornerback position. I think he's like the 95th percentile for Spark. But if you transition him over to like a receiver, like the St. Jude's Taysom Hill, again, he had just 22 percentile speed. 4.59 is great for a quarterback. That is really slow for a receiver. It's not like he's particularly big for the yeah. position. Uh, 6.1, again, that's even kind of small for a quarterback. Uh, not super big for a receiver. So uh, the vertical, broad jump are both only okay for the receiver position. So it just feels like... I get it that you're trying to save face a little bit, saying, hey, he could do other things besides just be a backup quarterback, but he's not that type of athlete where you can have him do other Taysom, things. Taysom Hill's um, bigger and faster and stronger. Like, yeah, and, and yeah. That's why he's in the ring. He happens to be able to throw the ball. Jalen Hurts is not right. that athlete. He's just a guy that is a lesser quarterback who can give you a little bit more as an athlete, not somebody you're designing package. I don't, I don't know. It seems really awful sure. to me. Yeah, again, I like the regular pick. I think he's a better receiver than uh, Justin Jefferson and Ayuk, who are there. I think he'll actually fit in well. Uh, I like Kayvon yeah, like Walsh, who they took yeah. in the fourth yeah. round. Uh, those guys will be fine for them. But, uh, I, I mean, the Jalen Hurts one, that's just going to be kind of a problem uh, for them going forward. Um, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll talk about the Washington Redskins. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important – I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, the Redskins use the number two pick on Chase Young. Uh, that was very much expected. He's going to be a problem in the Cowboys' side for a while. Uh, but their rest of the draft was interesting. Um, in the third round at pick 66, they took Antonio Gibson. Fourth round, they took Shadiq Charles to potentially play, replace Trent Williams. They took Antonio Gandy-Golden. Um, I just got done writing a, a piece for Bleacher Report on some of the picks that didn't make sense for me. Um, the Gibson one is one of those selections. Uh, I think I might have been one of the highest people on Gibson entering the draft. I think he is a special talent, but you have to have a coordinator that knows how to use him. Uh, I, I'm concerned that the Redskins, they, they call him a running back at the draft. They said he's going to become uh, a running back in the NFL. They already have a you know a loaded running back uh, room with Adrian Peterson. Uh, they drafted Darius Geis a couple of years ago. They took Bryce Love in the fourth round last year. Uh, that pick just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What are your thoughts on the Redskins draft class? I actually disagree on this, and I, and I've heard other people say the same thing about this. Uh, none of those other three guys, uh, uh, all three of those guys, probably got hurt watching the draft. 
You know, I, I, I mean, no. well, it's not like it's not like Gibson is somebody who has played a lot of football either. He has a career eighty-three touchdowns. Fair enough, but at the same time, like none of those other three guys are like, oh well, don't worry, we've got Adrian Peterson and two other guys sure. who basically have never sure. gotten on the field before. So I just don't know that any of that, any of that, and, and this is a new, uh, new coaching staff, and and, and beyond that too, uh, their offensive coordinator is it's isn't that isn't it North Turner's son? It's Scott Turner, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm thinking that they're basically trying to recreate the the uh, the McCarthy you know situation, except here in in in, in Washington. So I I, th- I think that's the 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 template for what they're trying to do. I don't know if they're actually going just, to execute it or do it well. I just know that that's probably what their thought process is. Uh, we'll see if they actually. It just seems like it seems like you need to have Gibson play like a hybrid role and just pigeonhole him as a running back doesn't make a lot of sense to me especially when that's a team that could really use some receivers they have terry mclaurin but outside of that there's really nobody there that you feel good about why not go draft a receiver there that's more polished and ready to play than you know a project in gibson i i mean i'm not going to argue that the only thing i will say is that you know maybe they they had antonio gandy golden as a higher rated guy and they and they you know they felt like that that he could be that guy when they drafted him a little bit later um I, so, anyways, I, I I don't hate the pick. I just you know I I, I don't trust them to actually institute that in, in the vision that they had for the pick. Uh, I, I think Sadiq Charles is a guy who's got a lot of talent, but I I mean just everything I've heard, he it's going to be extremely difficult to get him to live up to that talent. And honestly, yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know that I trust anybody in Washington to get him there. I, I, I'm really well I, that. I was say, that was one of the one of the, one of the few players that I know people liked a lot for the Cowboys as a potential swing tackle. Just probably not the type of person and player that I'm gambling on, just because of how unreliable he was at LSU. He has football character issues. Like, there's a difference yeah. between character issues and football character issues for a football coach, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you don't want a player with character, bad character issues, but bad football character, like not necessarily loving the game or willing to put in the time or effort or work at it. That's worse for a lot. That's worse for that's a lot worse, of coaches. It really is. Yeah, because yeah. they, you know, they, they want to try to fix the personality, but as long as you're willing to work hard and be a football player, that's what's important. Correct. Yeah. But if you can't do that, then why are they even wasting their time on you? So, uh, yeah, it was he was one of those people that was a habitual line stepper right yep. continually missed meetings and practice actually got suspended eight games by lsu i think it was this year so um you know it's just not someone you can rely upon and it just that it just felt a little bit too much of a risk for me but go ahead say what you will about lsu and maybe like sweeping personnel and, and legal issues under the rug they're, sure. They are extremely open, it feels like, with the NFL and their scouts about how they feel oh, yeah. about their players on their teams. So, you know, it especially was, Ed Orgeron. Yeah, yeah. Especially now that they have a new head coach. Yep. Yeah. You remember when they when they posted that that picture of uh, in the weight room at LSU of all the yeah. people? Yeah. Yeah. They don't have a problem with that. So. Uh, all right. Um, I think, you know, outside of that, you look at. Uh, uh, Antonio Andy Goldie we mentioned I, I think it's it's an okay class I, I don't hate it uh, I mean it's hard when you get Chase Young yeah, in number exactly. two it's going to be a good class yeah. that's going to boost you up quite a bit yeah. but after that it's just eh yeah after that like after the fourth round they got a bunch of guys not, not, not nothing yeah. really worth writing home about alright moving on to the New York Giants who had the number four pick man I could have bet my life they were going to draft a tackle at number four you just knew with Jason Garrett coming there 
They were going to spend that pick trying to improve their offensive line. Dave Gettleman is going to try his best to justify the Daniel Jones selection. Uh, So they went out and took Andrew Thomas, who I think of the four top tackles, it's probably the safest. Like I feel like he probably has the highest floor between Becton, Wirfs, uh, and Jedrick Wills. Um, I, I think he's fine. Um, I, I think he'll be certainly a, an improvement over what they had. Uh, my problems actually come in with their next pick, uh, Xavier McKinney. Now, that's somebody that we've talked about a lot on this podcast as the Cowboys had some interest in. I do like McKinney. I'm not so sure I like him for the Giants because he does a lot of the same things as Jabril Peppers, who they traded for last year. So if you're going to make McKinney a full-time free safety, I don't love that. Yeah, I think he needs to be somebody that needs to play in the box closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, If you're drafting McKinney and forcing Peppers to play as a free safety, I don't like that either. That's that's worse. Yeah, Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's just a kind of a curious selection to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know the value there was the reason they took it. But I mean, when you look at about how they how he fits into what they do or what, who they've got, I mean, the problem is is that they have their defense is terrible. It's just it's just awful. And they have- well, they're trying to stop the, they're trying to stop the run, right? They got all these run defenders. They've got these linebackers who can stop the run. They've got safeties who can come down and play in the box. All their talent is basically, yeah, dedicated to stopping the run, and uh, and and it's all up front, and and it's not even right. necessarily pass rush talent. So, no, uh, no. yeah, I, I I don't know that a guy like Xavier McKinney is, uh, you know. He, to me, he feels like, oh, this is the guy you add to an already well-formed uh, secondary, and he's like Correct. the piece that kind of is the glue guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think you put him into a situation where he's got another guy next to him who has an even worse case of the uh, limitations that he has. And yeah, you're, you're asking for a, a pretty bad situation. Uh, you know, I think that they they added Darnay Holmes a little bit later, which was a, a, I thought uh, I liked Fine. him as a good slot corner. Um, you know, they they double dipped at tackle. I, let me first of all, let me back up. I thought it was a mistake not to take Willis at at four. Uh, to me, he's okay. way better than Thomas, and I think he, he's sure. going to be uh, his ceiling is better too, in, in my opinion. Um, so I, I agree. I knew that I knew the tackle was coming. Uh, I was a little bit happy that they chose, in my opinion, the wrong tackle. But, you know, again, you're choosing between, I think all four of those guys are top ten players probably. So it's, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they they double-dipped back and got Matt Pert in the third round. Um, and then, uh, again, another offensive lineman in the fifth round, Shane Lemieux out of uh, Oregon. You know, I, I think really the the uh, – a lot of this is is you know, like you said, finally kind of shoring up an offensive line that they has been long, you know, ignored by this by this team. I, am, I have to assume right. that you're right that Jason Garrett's influence is part of that. that them taking three offensive linemen in their first five picks. Um, so uh, yeah, but I, I honestly like I don't know that they got great bang for their buck after Xavier McKinney and even McKinney. Um, you know, it feels like. It, it it's a good pick. It's a good value pick, but there's questions about how it fits. Doesn't Delpit? I mean, Delpit was on the board at the same time. Doesn't it make almost more sense to have Delpit as a free safety and Peppers as a strong safety? Like I like that combination way more than whatever the Giants are going to do with McKinney and Peppers now. Absolutely, just because they don't have any playmakers. You know, like even McKinney is not necessarily a you know playmaker. 
You know, a, no, he's just a solid. He's a player, very, right? very he's... high floor, solid player. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like I definitely probably would have leaned more towards McKinney. It's an interesting class. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some of our favorite and least favorite picks in the 2020 draft. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer, offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, um, I want to ask you about some of your favorite picks, maybe a favorite draft class that you had. Um, as you're kind of collecting your thoughts, I'll just go ahead and give mine really quick. Uh, I thought the Browns had a fantastic yeah. draft. I, I thought they absolutely crushed it. Uh, they got your favorite tackle in the class, Jedrick Wills, at pick number 10. That was one of my favorite then, picks, by the way, of the whole draft. Oh, yeah, it's just, I mean, now do you have any concerns about him potentially moving from the right tackle spot to left tackle in the NFL? No. I mean, I, I, I mean, not any more than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? I, no, I think he'll be. All right. Yeah, I think he'll be good. Um, then they, they dropped down from 41 to 44. Picked up an extra fourth round pick. Uh, got Grant Delpit. Uh, Grant Delpit with Carl Joseph in Cleveland. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, they picked up Jordan Elliott in the third round uh, to to back up Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjoye. Uh, I didn't like Elliott in the second round, but in the third round, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jacob Phillips in the third. I thought was a little rich, but that's okay. And then two final picks, Harrison Bryant, the tight end from Florida Atlantic, and Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sixth round. I, I don't know if those guys are instant starters, but I think those are both high-quality backups. Uh, give you some, give Baker Mayfield some more depth at the receiver position as well as tight end. I just thought they crushed the entire class yeah. or the entire draft. Uh, any other any other classes that you loved? I thought that I think that Jacksonville is not getting enough love for what they did. Ooh, that's I really yeah. liked what they did. I, you know, they picked C.J. Henderson at nine, which may be a little bit rich, but honestly, I think that's where he was going at that point. You know, so yeah. they got the yeah. guy they want. Then they traded back up and they got Clavon uh, Chase on at twenty. Which again at twenty, I really like that pick, especially for them. That was really Josh Allen and Chase on together is fun. Yeah, it is, and that should be a really good combo for them. Uh, Lavishka Chenault in the second round, I think, fell because of his foot injury, but he's going to be a guy mm-hmm. that you know that is really going to help that uh, Garter Mishnu because, frankly, he you know if he if you can just get the ball in his hands, he's going to be a yak machine for uh, for Mishnu, and I think that's what they're looking for in a quarterback that they're still trying to you know figure out exactly if he's their quarterback of the future. They turn mm-hmm. around in the third round, get uh, Devon Hamilton, uh, defensive tackle from Ohio State, who I liked a lot. That may have been a little bit high for them, but honestly, I mean, at that point, 
you know, you're you're ahead of everything, so you can go and get the guy you want if you needed a big defensive tackle. It's it wasn't so far of a reach that it was, uh, uh, you know, un undoable, untenable. But it's it it's uh, it, I thought it was a good selection of a good player, uh, even if the sure. value what didn't quite exactly match up. Then later on, they get Shaq Quarterman at, li- at inside linebacker in the fourth round. They get Colin Johnson at wide receiver in the fifth round. I just thought that they got a they did a good job of getting value throughout players that are going to come in and 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 make an immediate impact. And they got you know three defensive starters uh, probably mm-hmm. in, in this draft. And, and then I'll, I'll talk about that Lavishka Chenault. and then a guy like Josiah Scott who I think will come in and, and compete for uh, a down roster cornerback spot. I just think that they did a really good job of of, of rebuilding uh, both sides of the football with uh, some with a bunch of premium picks. I don't know if you saw this or not, but I, I read the report this morning that the Jaguars are going to use Chenault as like a, a move tight end as the F in their offense. I love that. And I think that's that's, brilliant. that's fascinating. That's really that's yeah. really creative thinking, and I think that really matches his his skill set in a lot of ways because he almost he he moves and he acts like a backfield player. His route running mm-hmm. is very uh, rudimentary. So I, I, the the one concern I'd have is him separating versus cornerbacks. So how do you solve that? You either get him to get become a better route runner, which takes time, or you move him to a different position and and, and change the matchups, which Seems pretty quick, so I, I really yeah. like that. That's good outside the box thinking. Yeah, and I think pairing him with DJ Chark and DD Westbrook, who could make plays down the field, and letting Chenault do the stuff underneath, uh, I, I think that's kind of fun. Um, one more class that I think isn't getting enough attention, and I understand why. Uh, I actually like the Rams class a little. I do too. Quite a bit. Yeah, totally. They, they took Cam, they took Cam Akers in the second round. It's whatever. It's a running back, uh, and then Van Jefferson in, in the later part of the second round. I think he makes a lot of sense in the the you know the Rams offense because they want route runners, guys that can get open quickly for Goff. And then in the third and fourth round, yeah. uh, Terrell Lewis, edge rusher from Alabama, perfect. That's that's the spot they gamble on him. Terrell Burgess, the, my safety from Utah, mm-hmm. uh, pairing him with uh, Taylor Rapp. Man, that is a lot of fun. That's a, a fun secondary there. And then Bryson Hopkins in the fourth round. Uh, I kind of like him to, to Gerald Everett, kind of the same type of player. It just gives you more insurance. So for a team that didn't have a pick inside the top fifty, I, I thought they did pretty well. I agree. I, I was one of the one of the classes that I was looking at as well. I, I really I really liked that that run uh, in the second, third, third, and fourth. I mean that the Van Jefferson, Terrell Lewis, Terrell Burgess, Bryce Hopkins, all in the second, third, third, fourth. That's a good run. And and getting Lewis, I mean Lewis, it's just like Gallimore, right? Where uh, the conversation was all about, uh, uh, you know, w- well, what about at fifty-one, or what about at such and such? Uh, I yeah. I love Lewis at at th- in the th- bottom of the third round. That's that's kind of probably exactly where he should have gone. All right, so give me a couple picks that you hated in this draft. <sighs> oh man, uh, a Jordan the Jordan Love is just yeah. hilarious. I mean, it's just I, mean, it I, I didn't hate it's it great. because because I mean I thought it was funny to watch Green Bay burn to the ground. But uh, I think as for the team, like I just I understand like the analytic ar- argument about it, but uh, I think it just does not in much the same way that quarterback is not the same position analytically. It's also not the same position uh-huh. in the locker room. So when a new one comes in, or where there's a power vacuum, or there's two quarterbacks, uh, there's a human aspect of that that I don't know that people are accounting for or they don't care about. But it has a real effect on your team and, and on morale, and I think that, that that's something that uh, probably should have been considered a little bit more heavily 
you know, because I, I mean, I think that the truth of the matter is, is that I mean, as far as as much as Brett Favre, uh, uh, you know, was was pouty about that, Brett Favre also had been threatening to retire when Aaron Rodgers had yeah. gotten yeah. Uh, picked. Aaron Rodgers has been not even implying that, so uh, maybe he should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honest to God, like maybe he should. So uh, I, I can't wait to see the fireworks after that pick. Yeah, I, obviously, I, I did love that pick because I don't like uh, Jordan Love all that much, but. Uh, I actually think their second round pick was worse. I really do. Taking AJ Dillon yeah. at pick sixty two is just atrocious because I thought he was a day three pick at best. He's somebody who has really heavy feet. Uh, never really had to make you know decisive cuts in college. Uh, we see this type of running back all the time. I mean, honestly, there is not a a round difference between AJ Dillon and Bo Scarborough coming out of Alabama. Like those are the exact same players. But what is the what is the value of that kind of player in a, a an offense that's in shotgun almost all the time that throws to the running backs a bunch? I don't get it. Like there was there was just better players on the board. Like Antonio Gibson, who we just talked about a little bit more. If you were to switch those and put Antonio Gibson in Green Bay, okay, now that makes sense, right? They they've had some experience with those type of players. I think that guy with Aaron Rodgers makes a ton of sense, but. AJ Dillon, uh, that that doesn't really do anything for me. It's like I've always said, Marcus. Mike McCarthy did nothing wrong. That, I, <laughs> hey, that is the way that we need to end this podcast. Mike McCarthy did nothing wrong. I'll, go back and watch those Green Bay seasons. He was the reason that they were so successful, not the quarterback. Wow, there we go. That, that's the end. Thank yeah, you, well, folks. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.